Welcome to the Practice Purchased Podcast, where you'll learn everything you need to know to buy the perfect dental practice, all for free, and all in less than 20 minutes an episode. Learn more about your host, author, presenter, and coach to hundreds of successful dental practice buyers by visiting brianhanks.com. This is Practice Purchased, Season 1, Episode 4. I'm your host, Brian Hanks. We're talking about finding a dental practice to buy, and today we're covering the best way to find a practice to buy, and that is by using other dentists by a wide margin, and I mean a wide margin. The buyers that I work with that find the very best practices to buy, find them not through brokers, but through other dentists directly. Listen, browsing web listings on brokers' websites, signing up for email alerts, browsing your state dental associations, Craigslist-like page, these are all ways that dentists find practice to buy, practices to buy, uh, but they're all passive, and it's precisely for that reason it's, it's easier. And it's, it's for that reason that the dentists that find the best practices to buy don't use those methods. They talk to the sellers directly. Um, it's a less common method, and it's harder, but you're going to find the best practices by talking to other dentists and creating relationships with them. So my best tip, for you to find a, a, a good dental practice to buy is to have a wide, broad network of other dentists who know, who know you, they know your name, they like you enough to remember your name, and they know that you're possibly looking for a practice to buy. That's it. But I think that you should have as wide and as broad a network as possible of those dentists. All right, imagine for yourself you're the owner of a great, profitable dental practice. You're in the twilight of your career. You've made oodles of money, and you're thinking about retiring, but you just haven't pulled the trigger yet. You are intimidated by the process. You remember the process of buying a practice. That was hard enough. The process of selling a practice intimidates you to the point that you just haven't reached out to brokers. You haven't learned about the process yet. And then along comes the well-informed, perfect buyer. Um, that, that buyer could be you. It could be you um, metaphorically walking through the front door in various forms as the perfect solution to the problem that the, the seller has been thinking about, in this case, potential seller. So after you've identified your target market, where you want to be in the country, I see two methods of finding practices through other dentists. I'm going to call them I'm going to use the analogy of fishing to help this be memorable for you. Option number one, I call it net fishing. And option number two, I call spear fishing. Okay. The net fishing approach to contacting and reaching sellers directly is to send mailers and lots of mailers. <laughs> so the theory here is that you're similar, similar to credit card companies you're hoping that with enough messages sent out to dentists in a specific area that you get a response rate of somewhere around 1% to 2%. Now, done well, and I have some tips for you that will raise that response rate pretty significantly. But if you're able to send out two, three, four hundred mailers, even a thousand or more mailers to dentists in an area with some basic filters applied, and you have a response rate of 1% to 2%, you're going to see a decent number of practices and the chances that one of them has the qualities that you're interested in are fairly high. Okay. So 
I've, I've worked with a lot of buyers who've used mass mailers and they have seen a lot of success using this method. method. If I were sending five methods or coaching you through the process of sending mailers, I'd give you these five tips, okay? The first tip is fairly obvious, and, but that is to gather the potential names of dentists that you can send it to. You can use publicly available sources. Um, the easiest states have a dental board where uh, the names of every dentist in the state are listed. And you can, in a lot of cases, download that list. If that's not available in your, in your state, you can look at study club, club lists, health grades, and even add names one by one using Google if you must. And would it be worth using Google? Well, remember, it's going to be a gigantic pain, yes, but no one else is going to do it. You're going to be the only dentist who took the time to add those names of all the dentists one by one. So that's step one. Step two is to just create a simple letter or a postcard with the bottom line up front. You're not telling your story. You're trying to solve the problem for that reluctant and potential seller. In, in your case, you're describing yourself and what it is you want. You are a potential buyer and you're wondering if that person is interested in selling their dental practice to you. Or possibly, if this is something you're interested in, doing some associate to own situation. What's on your mailer is gonna be up to you. But just make sure that that mailer, and this is tip number three, sends everyone to the same place, a place that is easy for you to keep track of. You can set up a special email address with the, for these mailers or set a, a special voicemail box, uh, but just make it easy for the sellers to reach out and easier for you to track who does reach out, okay? If you're mailing through the mail, which I do recommend, um, I would use what's called a return service requested stamp to track bad addresses. Hopefully, as you are creating your list in step one, when you get to step four and you're using that return, return service requested stamp, uh, which you can buy on Amazon for 10 or 11 bucks, uh, it comes with you know red ink and you stamp it right on there. The post office lets you know if the address that you put on there was bad and it comes back to you. That's gonna be important for step five. And this is the real secret of the mass mailer process. Step five is to follow up two more times with every dentist on your list. Again, put yourselves in the shoes of that reluctant seller. They're thinking about retiring, they just haven't pulled the trigger yet. Along comes a postcard with your picture on it and an offer to buy your practice. You seem like a good buyer and they start thinking about it. But what does every human being on the planet do when they get unsolicited mail? Most of us, the vast majority of us, sit on it. Right? And so it's going to be key for you as a potential buyer to reach out to these sellers a couple more times. I would do it a max of three times. Reach back out a second time, maybe give it two to three weeks, and then a third time, three to four weeks after that. And those dentists that are interested will see that you're the kind of dentist who, the, you're the kind of buyer who will likely be successful as an owner because you've mastered the process of following up as a potential buyer. Okay, so that's net phishing. Gather a list, put together a simple mailer, <clears throat> make sure that e that mailer sends everyone to the same place. Don't forget the return service requested stamp and then follow up. Send up to three messages per dentist on your list. So let's talk spear phishing. This is method number two of creating relationships with dentists, okay? Um, 
this is a more targeted method to reach sellers directly. And you're going to send, you're going to send letters again, but you're going to send fewer and they're going to be more personalized than the mass mail approach. Okay. It's still fishing. You're just fishing with uh, a rod and a hook instead of a net. This approach is really useful when you're targeting a specific neighborhood or a city. You can start with a smaller list and you can really hone in on offices that you know you're interested in, you think you might be interested in, and you can exclude the offices you know will be of no help to you whatsoever. Okay? Um, so four steps to the net or excuse me, to the spear phishing approach. The first, of course, is just to gather names of potential dentists from publicly available sources and then filter that list based on some qualities. I mean, you may go to their website and look at their picture. Do they look like they're just out of dental school? Well, if so, they're probably not interested in selling their practice. If they've got some gray hair, maybe they are interested in selling their practice. Um, you could filter based on visibility. You could filter based on location or any other criteria that are important to you. As I talk about the spear phishing approach, I'm reminded of some very valuable tools, some free tools that are available on the web using things like Google Earth, some uh, census data that's available through the University of Missouri. Um, there is a whole um, process that you can use to filter down these, uh, these dental offices and use as a kind of a proxy for what a good practice may be and what maybe what are some of the practices you can exclude from your list. Um, in this format, a podcast format, it's going to be impossible for me to show you how those tools work, but I do show in very de uh, a high level of detail uh, the process of filtering uh, an individual city uh, down to a list of 15 dentists that you know are on a highly targeted list that uh, a potential buyer could reach out to and try to find. And I, I go into that detail in the course that I've created, the Practice Purchase Blueprint. Um, that, per, that course is available for sale as part of that course, in addition to analyzing the practice, um, choosing a, a, an accountant and a lawyer, knowing how much you're going to spend throughout the process. A big, uh, as I talked to the beta testers of the course, a lot of them told me the most valuable piece of the course was when I showed the examples of the spear phishing approach. When I went through and I actually physically showed them on a map with real dental practices and a real hypothetical buyer looking for a certain set of criteria, I actually narrowed a list down and I described how I would reach out to each one of those dentists on that list of 15. And um, you know, so I encourage you to go check that out if that's something you're interested in. PracticePurchaseBlueprint.com. So steps one and two, gather the, the potential names. Uh, step two is to write a more personalized letter addressed to each doctor specifically. You want to include some details about what drew you to their office and create, start to create that relationship. So rather than a mass mailer that's on a postcard just with your picture and a simple request to reach out, you're actually writing maybe a one-page letter, maybe a page and a half. Go ahead, include a picture if you want of yourself, uh, but tell the dentist up front that you're reaching out to why it is you're interested in their practice. I really loved your website. I'd love to find out how, how that's helped your success. I noticed that you had 47 positive Google reviews. Tell me more about that. Has that been a key part of your marketing plan? Uh, I noticed that you do IV sedation. I'm thinking about that, doing that myself. Can you tell me uh, how that's helped or not helped your practice? Um, 
again, put yourselves in the shoes of the seller. If you got, if you were in practice as an owner, grinding away in your practice, and you got a targeted letter from a buyer who admired something about you, would you respond and at least tell the buyer whether or not you're interested in selling? I think so. So um, my third step will dramatically, dramatically increase the response rate that you get. And that's to make sure that the dentist actually opens the letter you send them. <laughs> and the, re the way you do that is you hand address the envelope and you stick an actual stamp on there from the grocery store or the post office or whatever. If you hand address that envelope, put a stamp on, uh, the chances that that letter gets opened are near 100%, uh, which in turn increases the likelihood that you'll get a response from that dentist you're reaching out to. And again, the secret to number four, to the spear fishing method is tip number four. And just like the net fishing approach, you're going to follow up with each of those dentists at least two more times. Uh, which, yes, means that you're going to have to mail out three sets of letters, but you're going to keep track of who responds and you're going to, um, you're not going to send duplicate messages if you don't need to. Okay, both methods, the, the net fishing approach, the spear fishing approach, have worked for buyers in the past with very high degrees of success. Uh, does it sound like more work and a lot more difficult than just browsing brokers' websites? Yeah, you bet. It is a lot more work, um, which is exactly why it works. Most of your peers will not do this, leaving all the good practices to you, right? <laughs> so if you're looking for practices to buy, spend 80% of your time building relationships with other dentists who know your name, know a little bit about you, are potentially willing to get on the phone with you or have coffee or something with you, and know that you're looking for a practice to buy. If you follow that method, as many, but many, many of my clients have, um, the chances that you find a good practice to buy go way up. Let me know how the process goes for you. Send me an email, brian at brianhanks.com. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know how it goes finding your practice. Thanks for listening to the Practice Purchased Podcast. For more information about Brian's best-selling book, How to Buy a Dental Practice, or about the Practice Purchased Blueprint course, visit brianhanks.com.